0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is a review of On the Basis of Sex. I am Christopher Schnasey. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, This week, uh, this episode, uh, this was originally coming to a theater near you this weekend, um, but it has been pushed back um, to sometime next month. Uh, but we were able to see it at a thing where SF Film, um, uh, they have a little thing called SF Film Honors, and they were sort of featuring this film, and uh, we were able to catch it, and uh, as we are here this week, front-loading a bunch of episodes for the coming weeks, we figured we would do this review now, and then uh, sometime around the time you hear this, it will be only a few short weeks away, yep. <laughs> and you will be able to see it soon. Um so yeah, it is. Uh, this is the fifth review we've recorded tonight, mm-hmm. or we are recording tonight. Getting um, a little
1: loopy. We're still not in Tribeca territory, at least time wise, because it's not like three in the morning or yeah, four yeah, in the morning.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, we haven't been out all day trying to do stuff, uh, but we have been here all night. <laughs> mm. um, so we are just going to dive into this review. Um, I'm not going to say we're trying to finish by midnight. <laughs>
1: It sure would be nice, though.
0: But uh, we're we're gonna do our thing. We're not gonna rush it. Um, but we'll see if we make it. Um.
1: Fun fact, though, on the basis of sex is the original name of the song in the name of love. <laughs> Dumb name. It's the it's the nerd version of in the name of love.
0: <laughs> Are we leaving that in. I don't know. <laughs> you have three weeks to let me know before I edit Keep it. Keep it. I don't care. Um, but yeah, so we're just going to dive on into this review. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for On the Basis of Sex and then we're going to come back and give you a review.
2: There are 178 laws that differentiate on the basis of sex. Women can work overtime. We have to get credit cards in our husband's name. We're not allowed to work in something. This, this is nice. amazing! You think you can change the country? You should look to her generation. They're taking to the streets. Protests are important, but changing the culture means nothing if the law doesn't change. What did you say your name was? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I want to be a lawyer. I want to represent clients in pursuit of justice. So they're going to give you a corner office? I wasn't what they were looking for. One said women are too emotional to be lawyers. Another told me a woman graduating top of her class must be a real ball buster. I worked hard. I did everything I was supposed to, and I excelled.
0: Martin Ginsburg will be signing all of our checks someday. (laughs) You're a smart girl with you. You married a star.
2: If the law differentiates on the basis of sex, then how will women and men ever become equals? I don't read tax court cases. Read this one. The law assumes a caregiver has to be a woman. This is sex-based discrimination against a man. Poor guy. We need to take this
0: case. This is not a case. This is a declaration of war.
2: They could topple the whole damn system of discrimination. You
0: leave. They think gender equality is a civil right. What's at stake is the American family. Let's put this idea to bed once and for all.
2: You will lose. And when you do, you will set the woman's movement back 10 years. You don't get to tell me when to quit. I know this case disrupted our lives. And who's it for if not for me? You
0: for this your whole life. So go in there and let the judges see the Ruth Ginsburg I know.
2: We're not asking you to change the country. That's already happened without any court's permission.
0: The word woman does not appear even once in the U.S. Constitution.
2: Nor does the word freedom. Your Honor...
0: All right, so that was the trailer for On the Basis of Sex. It is the story of uh, the case that was argued by Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her husband uh, about a uh, tax law case in which the tax law discriminated against a man on the basis of sex. And uh, it's sort of her and her husband working together to try to overturn this court ruling in this tax court and uh, sort of showing who uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was, and sort of leading to (laughs) what we know of her today. Uh, Hopefully that was a good summation of this film. Yep. Stephen Miller, what did you think of this film?
1: Okay, so there's a term that's been going around... Like, I don't remember when I first heard it, maybe, like, a few weeks ago, where they referred to certain podcasts as, quote, liberal Doritos, meaning (laughs) there were things that, like, for liberals, it was, like, junk food, and it made you feel good, and maybe it wasn't, like, doing anything great or productive, but it just, like, felt good to consume it, right? This movie is not liberal Doritos. This is, like, liberal and IV drip of lard mixed with Hershey (laughs) syrup. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Being pumped into your veins. Like, this is the most... Pat yourself on the back.
0: This is a liberal duck vie burrito, yeah,
1: exactly, <laughs> which Chris and I both ate <laughs> <laughs> right before this eighteen-hour recording session. Um, but but no, this is a movie. So heightened by the fact that we saw this in the Castro Theater, you know, with Felicity Jones and Army Hammer and uh, the screenwriter, who is Ruth Bader Ginsburg's nephew, all present, being honored for this movie. It was the most cheer at everything, hoorah, we're going to read subtext about the modern day based on this past story, we're going to idolize Ruth Bader Ginsburg because of all the reasons that she is, like, currently standing between us and a bunch of terrible possible things that could happen <laughs> to the world if she, like, falls another time. Um, and and so this movie, like, from the get-go, the, the idea behind this movie, it was clear this is going to be we are going to paint an angelic picture of Ruth Bader Ginsburg we're going to pep everyone up about you know these early battles for equality in certain arenas so like we can take that and feel rallied for battles for equality in the current arena right that's what it's supposed to do it's an inspirational message movie that we're all supposed to feel very 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 good for watching and cheering at it's just supposed to be that and it it's junk food It's even more junk foodie than I expected it to be, I think, Um, because the thing is usually when there are these kind of stories that are kind of idolizing a real person, they try to throw flaws in there, right? Uh, The Post is like a recent example that is very close to this movie, but Spielberg, at least with Meryl Streep's performance. I feel like you see a little bit of her agony in making decisions. Like you feel a little bit about like how things could have gone one way or another and her motivations may have not been pure, right? She might have been motivated by other things. Um, Theory of everything is another comparison because of (laughs) Felicity Jones. There are some very similar moments in this movie. And Theory of Everything. But what really made Theory of Everything stand out to me, I was kind of the lone real defender on the podcast. I don't know if I would like it a second time around, but I was charmed by it the first time. And what I liked was Stephen Hawking and his wife both get this interesting treatment where they are not purely good and they're not purely bad. They're people who make big relational mistakes they're people that don't always treat each other perfectly but they're people that are still good under the hood and it managed to show that complexity even while these characters the people were still alive and maybe that's just a testament to them that they gave their blessing for like a messy biopic to actually be made um this movie is not messy at all this movie features the m- the most perfect relationship <laughs> ever uh between Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her husband Marty, the most charming Army Hammer of charming Army Hammers, and Army Hammer is always charming, but this, he is just cranking it. I I whispered to Joanna when the movie was starting, like, I wonder who the gays in the audience are more excited about Army Hammer, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. (laughs) And I think it's a toss, I think it's a tie, but I think Army wins out in this movie just. I
0: mean I mean he's Army Hammer.
1: <laughs> he is the perfect supportive husband who is like he has his own life. He's also a successful lawyer, but he is just a constant well of nurturing and support. There's a moment kind of early in this movie where Ruth has had a hard day at Harvard. She's facing obviously a lot of misogyny and sexism, and it's it's a rough place to be. She's one of the first classes, maybe the first class of women to be allowed entrance in Harvard. And she's frustrated, and she comes home, and within seconds he has her in her arms, and they lay down on bed, and I realize, my God, I don't want to watch Ruth Bader Ginsburg have sex. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't know this movie; it it just hits all the cheesy beats, and it it, it is feel good in the way it does it. Like Army Hammer is charming, Felicity Jones is charming. The case, I think, is educational right like it's an interesting story to be told even if it's not a particularly nuanced story or anything like that yeah so it was like pleasing but around like the 20th applause line it it just starts to feel like a little much right and And, and this movie is a lot of much i think
0: so here's the thing though is do you think if we were not seeing it in that room and this was any normal showing any normal day of of the week that you would have had those same cheers and would you have been able to watch it with its sort of semi-different mindset? I might
1: have been a little more dispassionate, but I don't know that that would help it or hurt it. It could have gone either way, right? Because the communal aspect of being in that theater with everyone cheering for it makes me never veer into, like, I am just going to nitpick the hell out of this or I'm just going to crap all over it, right? It makes me still be in the vaguely rooting for its side because it's like a warm-hearted movie that is trying to do something nice you know i don't know if i were watching this just like at at the metreon at like 9 30 a.m or something like that i don't know how i would feel right in a yeah. silent crowd it could go either way maybe i would feel worse about it because it would like not have as much compelling stuff to drive me anymore yeah. um so yeah i don't know definitely the the scenario, the scene, did not help my feeling that this is overly inspirational and this is like very, very, very like saccharin of a movie. But that was definitely the overwhelming feeling here.
0: So, so I feel, I, I, mean, I feel, I feel the same. But I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. Like, I, I, so my, my way of comparing it to the post would be like I think the post was more swinging for Oscar performances and trying to do everything. I think that uh, On the Basis of Sex is steering less for that. It is going for the cheers and jeers the way mm-hmm. that, like, every other film this year has a joke about how nobody would elect a crazy person yeah, yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like that. We we're like, ha we this get it. This whole
1: movie is dead panning at the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So so that is there. Um, but I don't think this is trying to be an Oscar-baity film. It is probably going to tr- I think a,
1: it's trying to get some performance nods at least. It,
0: it, it wants – uh accolades right but it but it, it I, I don't think that it is it is not created in that overly this is a film we're gonna normally drop on December 25th which it is now <laughs> but it it, it it just feels a little bit different than the post um in that way um I think I, I in our review of the post I believe one of my biggest complaints um, was that like, I wanted the spotlight version of the post, right? right? Like, show me the journalism. And said it was like, this guy has the files. Do we want to release the files? Yes, we want to release the files. They're suing us now. End of movie, right? <laughs> this is at least a charismatic story about a couple who love each other, who believe in things, who are working together as you said, the crazy perfectest husband in the world, um, who's beautiful and... I want to marry him uh, and live in that house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But, like, so it was, like, I enjoyed watching it the way you would enjoy, like, a guilty pleasure TV show where you're just liking all of the people in it and you're there for the cheers, right? You're there for the, like, I don't have to do anything. You're already liberated. Like, I can't believe you yelled at that construction man who whistled <laughs> at your legs or whatever, right? Like, those moments where, like, people are calling out the misogyny or, um, like, all the gasps when, like, the head of Harvard Law, like, <laughs> makes some asinine statement about how, like, like, there, there are moments, like, Felicity Jones is, comment at that dinner table about, like, her, her reason for wanting to go to Harvard. Jokes like that are there to have fun and, and, and like, revel in, and, and like, I, I told you, uh, I think this morning when we were, maybe it was this morning, or maybe it was at lunch when we were talking a little bit about the film, um, that, like, I think this film is improved by the Q&A that we saw after it, because it, this isn't technically a biopic, it's not a film about the the rise and the creation of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. This is a film whose genesis was the nephew hearing the story about the only case that this couple has ever argued together. And yes, that case is used as a precedent for trying to topple other things moving forward. But like, it's really just this moment... And it extends far enough back to give context to that moment and then far enough afterwards to give context to now. But it's not like...
1: I, I think in, su- in those two extension processes, though, it becomes a traditional biopic in my mind. Because yes. the traditional biopic, you always focus on one seminal event, right? That's usually like what a, quote, good biopic does is it confines the narrow the window of time and the rest becomes like flashbacks or forwards.
0: I I, I guess I feel like... Something about that justification, to me, I accepted. Because mm-hmm. it, it didn't feel like a, I'm trying to capitalize on the time. Um, it felt like a, oh, you were inspired by this conversation that happened. Right. And it just happened to take you four years to make this movie. Mm-hmm. And now happens to be the time <laughs> where it might be relevant. Yeah. Uh, so I I sort of give it uh, concessions to being a genuine good faith attempt to tell a story within the life of ruth bader ginsburg and not just like how great is this woman type Mm -hmm. of story and and i think that like i enjoyed it enough i wasn't these like cheering moments were not grown worthy to me or anything like that it was just a film that like i was like oh it was was nice yeah
1: well and and it is it's nice it's just to me it's very color by the numbers nice right like there's paint by numbers i don't even remember Phrases yeah, pain, anymore. Pain by
0: others. Yeah, anyway, yeah.
1: Th- th- there's just, for instance, like when she first enters Harvard, uh, there are two primary figures at Harvard who will recur later to be figures in the government that are arguing against her. Uh, Sam Waterston, who is like the dean of Harvard, and Stephen Root, who is a specific professor at Harvard who pissed off about a stapler or something. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But both of them, when we are introduced to both of them, there are just moments immediately where they say just the most, this is me, a man who is a misogynist and doesn't understand why women are at Harvard. Like
0: even misogynists have more tact than they have.
1: Yeah, like, like Sam Waterston... the the scene that I think is good, right, or reasonably good, still on the nose, but, like, I totally believe this one, is when he has let women in at Harvard and he begins his speech that's supposed to be proud for everyone and he talks about what makes a Harvard man, right? To me, that was the level of, like, all right, I get what you're doing, movie. It's a little and, on the nose. yeah. But it's yeah. on the nose, but this is for sure the way people treated it. And they people still use the phrase Harvard man, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I believe that. Then there's a dinner shortly after that <laughs> where <laughs> he is having the women over with his wife present to show his appreciation for women being there. And he, like, goes around and basically parades them to, like, say – tell me why you took this from a well-deserving man that should have had it instead of you. And he just, like, berates them for it. And it's like, okay, you are not thinly veiling this at all. Steven Root, we get to watch him, like, go down a list of photos just so we can be sure that he isn't calling on Ruth because he's a sexist, right? Like, there's just moments like that where it's like, okay, you established your villains, you know, you, you did everything you needed to do in the most extreme way. And I just feel like this is a movie that... Of course, it isn't going for subtlety, but I feel like you can get those inspirational highs in a way that still paints something interesting about the enemy, right? Something interesting about the misunderstandings people have. And what I would have liked to see is less conversations between Ruth and Marty and her daughter Jane, where they are all affirming the way that the times are changing, and they all believe that, you know, women need equality, and the only thing that they disagree with is, like, the method to get there. Yeah. Like, take a little bit of that away, because that's very on the nose, right? Like, we know those themes already. And give me more of, like, the people who are, like, benevolently sexist, quote, right? Like, the people who, like, don't think they're on the wrong side of history, but are, and, like, let me hear more of their rationale. Not as, like the evil supervillains with Lex Luthor that are planning their argument that will take Ruth down. And it's like, we're going to say that if they do this, then women win everything, you know, like, and instead give me something that feels more like, tell me what the times were like, right. Tell me what, like, what did your, what would your parents say? Like, if they're a little more conservative than you, like, I I just would have wanted a little bit more of that a little bit less of the very overt, like, I, I don't know, idol worship and demonizing of people because it, so much time is removed. Like, Everyone knows what side of history we should be on. Like, you don't need to tip it that much in the movie. Like, we're already stacking the deck in that direction. Well,
0: that, that's that's kind of why I've been saying though. Like, I don't think it's like I don't think it's technically going for a war. Like, it's it is supposed to have in a way. I feel like it's the much higher budget and casted version of like Love Simon, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for, sure, like, yeah. w- women's rights, like, yep. it, it's... Joanna it, compared it to Love, Simon. Oh, did you <laughs> we really? We were talking, actually, yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, it, it feels like it's it's that sort of thing where we're all supposed to, like, go, like, uh-huh, yep. <laughs> like, every five Amen. minutes in the film. Yeah, like, it's it's supposed to be that sort of communal experience of mm. we're all watching this from the right side of history. <laughs> and mm-hmm. aren't we all enjoying this sort of, like getting to laugh at how ridiculous this is like there there's the uh, there's the uh, there's one of the one of the scenes in the film where she's just listing laws that prevented women from doing things and it's like yeah when you read all 250 of them out loud it sounds dumb as fuck this whole film was about like everything was dumb as fuck yeah <laughs> and i think that it i don't think it's technically aiming for more than that mm-hmm. it's just aiming to be a nice Saturday afternoon
1: <laughs> yeah. no I, I, I agree like I, I agree and I can't that's the thing is like I'm criticizing the form of it but it does its form totally fine like yeah, it yeah, does okay. what it wanted to do and I'm just trying to figure out like why did it rub me this way, and what could it have done to like make me a little bit more on board for it? I, uh, I like. I, I think the actors are all good, right? I think everyone does a pretty good job with what they're given.
0: I will say too, I chuckled when I saw Kathy Bates' name at yeah. the beginning of the film. She's fucking great in this movie. Sure, yeah, and, I loved her character. Yeah, and I
1: don't just see, oh, this is Kathy Bates playing dress up. Like, I feel like she fits in in this movie. Yeah, right yeah,
0: well. it, it was, she was great. Like, I, I, like, she arrived. I was like, okay, finally, I saw her name like an hour ago, and then I was just really, I was enjoying her moments there and it was it was it was cool
1: i uh, even though i think her character is used for very tropey reasons i have the daughter character kaylee spaney who was in bad times at el royale too if you recognize her um <laughs> oh, shit. i i think she does a good job with that role even though i think the daughter character is meant to just be such a this is the youth today you know look at how liberated she is and the movie can't even decide like if she is like smart about legal things or not, because I, there's just we, there's weird things in this movie where she's like just the very tropey character, but I think she elevates it. Like, I believe her in this family. I believe her being this independent person. You kind of believe that Ruth would have made a daughter like that, right? Who is kind of rebelling against her mother's yeah. intellectualism with a different sort of activism. Where that conversation obviously has parallels today. Um, well,
0: I, I think too that there there is a transition that that character goes through that I thought. Did a disservice to the like showing the consequence of the decisions that uh, Ruth's character had, mm-hmm. had been doing. Like there is there is initially some sort of sense that like because she's so focused on uplifting women, it she has she left this, this one woman one. behind, and there is something interesting and compelling about that dynamic about how her daughter. Is is I don't I don't want to say her daughter hates her, but like they don't have a very strong relationship mm-hmm. because the daughter's just upset upset with her existence mm-hmm. and disagrees with what she fundamentally is doing with her entire life. And somewhere in the time jumps, she they're just best friends yeah, exactly. suddenly. They're BFFs, and, and maybe it's that cab situation. Well, here's well, the thing in the. In
1: the timeline of the movie, so if I ignore, like, the actual time jumps and just look at runtime... Yeah. that So that moment, there's a moment where we see the strife between Ruth and her daughter, which could be the flaw moment of this movie, right? This could be where you paint, you know, a more interesting portrait. Like, tell me something bad about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Tell me something about what her quest left behind. What are the casualties? And it starts to show that, and it looks compelling. And then Army Hammer swoops in and says let me explain to you why your mother is actually <laughs> doing a really good thing here. Yeah. And she looks at her mother or she, like, turns, at least metaphorically, and suddenly all is forgiven. And, like, that's the way the movie plays to me, is, like, yeah. after that moment, we never have that problem anymore. Now, Ruth is good, everybody's good, everybody has fallen in line. And it 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 just feels... um like I, I I don't want to use too negative a word. It's not like it's cowardly. It's like it's like timid. Like it, it it doesn't it doesn't have the guts to like show me something negative, right? Yeah. And maybe it would be different if this movie were made when Ruth Bader Ginsburg were not alive anymore, right? Maybe then the movie would feel more empowered to like play a bit with her character and show us like pros and cons of everyone yeah, or
0: if it wasn't written by her nephew yeah exactly being <laughs> written by the nephew doesn't
1: doesn't help that but those are just the little things but like if it had taken a risk there yeah i would have appreciated it more on the other hand uh like justin thoreau's character being the the leader of uh, the aclu i thought he is a more like interesting compelling character he is one of the few people who gets to live in the middle ground in this movie where aclu is ostensibly organization that was fighting for our civil liberties on all fronts, and it was at the forefront of these battles. And this guy is actually, like, very much a pragmatist, and the pragmatism gets in the way of him being on the right side of history sometimes. Like, he thinks certain battles are more important than others. He thinks, why fight an unwinnable one? He puts Ruth down too much. He doesn't believe in her cause the way that he should. And yet he is not an enemy either. He is celebrating with us at the end, too. And I think he is, like, the one example of a character that traces the kind of line that I think... Even if you couldn't make Rbg trace it, like at least make more secondary characters be like that, and yeah. that—that's what I would have wanted to see.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. But I, I enjoyed his character in general. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just thought this isn't a film that that makes you think deeply. It just kind of makes you, like, it. it this is the film equivalent of watching those old Apple ads with, like, Justin Long and, <laughs> and John Hodgman, where you're like, yeah, spreadsheets are dumb.
1: <laughs> see, I was a Mac user when those came out. Oh, oh, yeah. sorry, I was a Windows user oh, when those you, came out. <laughs> but yeah. John Hodgman for life. Uh. I-, I will say it was nice to see Army Hammer and Jack Rayner reunited since Free Fire. See them in the same movie again. Jack Rayner played the the enemy lawyer who was trying to take Ruth yeah. down. Yeah, that was fun. In general, it was a good cast. Like I'm kind of surprised at how all star cast they managed to yeah. get for this movie, given that it, like you said, it. I don't know if it's awards baity or not. It is like it's in the category of quote prestige drama, but it. You're right. it, it is more of a crowd pleaser than that, and it's not aiming for as high like criticy things. So I don't know. It's fun. It's fine. I think the highest thing it was aiming for is basically what it got, which getting getting awarded at something like San Francisco This is an important movie this year award, right? Like Yeah. That that's kind of the message heavy thing. I do want to say, can we spoil the very ending of this movie? Is that okay for us to spoil?
0: I do like the ending shot of this Yeah, the this ending film? shot
1: of this movie.
0: I mean, sure. It,
1: how did how did you feel? Did you like it? Did you not like it? The movie pulls a Snowden, basically, <laughs> <laughs> and I was not a fan.
0: I did for a second go. Are they sieging her head on top of Felicity Jones's body, or are those Ruth Bader Ginsburg's legs?
1: <laughs> Either way, I feel confusing things. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm just, i will just giving my honest to God.
1: <laughs> I feel so. In the Q and A, he talked about. Um, they asked how they got that closing shot. How they got Ruth Bader Ginsburg yeah. to agree to be in the movie, um, and the story was basically, he said he would ask his aunt if she was willing to do this. But fair warning, if you film it, it had better actually be the closing shot of the movie. And I kind of feel like they filmed it, and it's the closing shot. And they looked in the editing room and were like, "Should this be how we ended? It's a little much." And then they had like a contract that was like, "Nope, no, nope, so, we can't change." it. I mean,
0: I thought that was sort of like a joke, like not an actual stipulation. But for me, what bugged me was the fact that the outfit changed. I feel like it would be more impactful if the because it was the same color outfit. Yeah, it was trying, to but it was a same. different outfit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was because like. <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg didn't like the outfit just they had fixed. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to wear my own shit. Deal with it. Um, but yeah, I definitely thought it was uh, I mean, it's fine. It definitely is a Snowden moment. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, <laughs> to me, it was just like the cheese on top that I yeah, didn't yeah. need. I didn't even think the movie was going to be ending then. I thought like we were going to go on and see like a few more cases or something. Yeah, I was, I was, oh,
0: a montage oh. of her like Oh, a montage of her arguing case after case after case, and then getting older, and then we arrive at present day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> See, that's what it would be if it were cut differently. <laughs> oh, well. <Whatever. laughs>
0: Anyways, um, I think we probably have said enough about it as we can. That sentence is mm-hmm. not English, but uh, should we get to our verdicts? Sure. We did not make it before midnight, by the way. Yeah, it is 12.01 right now. <laughs> um, So, going to our verdict, Stephen Miller, if you're going to be able to say must see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must avoid, what would you say? And don't forget, you don't want to come across...
1: <laughs> God, I don't know. I don't know. Just kidding. I... Just, just be honest. No, I know, I know. It's just like sometimes I grade on the curve of the format, right? Yeah. Like there are things like Beale Street that I knock down just because I'm like, hey, I like Barry Jenkins. I think he can do better. There are things that I'm like pleasantly surprised and I bump them up. Should I fault this movie for being like a sickly sweet inspirational movie when that's exactly what the trailer sold me and it's exactly what it was made to do and it does it just fine? I I don't know. I don't, I'm I'm going to say rental, I guess. I think... Here's the thing. I think you can make an inspirational story and still make it more compelling than this. I think Theory of Everything was a more compelling version of this story. I will stand by that. I think the characters are way more nuanced than that than they are here. I also think, you know, for message movies, like, there are other messages that maybe would be more impactful today than being yet another thing glorifying Ruth Bader Ginsburg because of having been liberal in the 60s. You know, like, there are other fights we've had. There are other things still ongoing that... There's just like something about like this feels like a white woman patting themselves on the back movie and like <laughs> I just this year that like isn't rubbing me a hundred percent the right way, but it is a nice liberal Doritos ground up into <laughs> hot fudge <laughs> <laughs> mixed in <laughs> mixed in a Marty recipe that everybody will feel bloated and content about as they wait for the 2020
0: election <laughs> <laughs> damn yeah i mean there there are I, I think i enjoyed it more than you steven but i also think you're accurate with your uh representation of where this this sort of fits on scale um i'm gonna give it a wait for rental also um wait for rental but you will enjoy it like i, I think it i think it's a totally fine film the performances are great uh army hammer is amazing <laughs> um but yeah I, I i enjoyed watching it i enjoyed the ride um but it's also not going to sit with me longer than the end of the recording of this episode and when Much i like the burritos we <laughs> ate at the beginning of
1: this four hour recording <laughs> <For sure>. session
0: <laughs> in between episodes past
1: <laughs> i knew this would happen chris I knew we'd start to lose it at the end.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I think that is going to do it for this episode of the Spoiler Warning Podcast, the last of our sort of marathon recording session. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? People can go to twitter.com
1: slash sdavidmiller or com.
0: People can find me at com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at com, where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash spoiler warning or like us at Facebook.com slash the warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to... On the Basis of Sex, which, given the film doesn't come out for a month, may not be available at this time, but we'll figure out. Uh, it'll be, this is my fight song, or whatever.
1: In the name of love, I'm telling you.
0: <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that is the review, and uh, we will see you next week with potential reviews of uh, Widows, um, Creed, the, 2. Creed Two, the whatever the new Harry Potter film's called.
1: Fantastic Beasts and why to keep supporting Johnny Depp. Uh, the,
0: the, uh, the, uh, the new Coen Brothers film.
1: Yeah, (laughs) The Ballad of Buster Scruggs.
0: Uh, and we'll need to throw a fifth one in there just to keep When does the
1: Van Gogh thing come out?
0: Uh, I think it's the week after that, unfortunately. Um, but we can just cut our own ear off. You can, you
1: can watch Thunder Road on iTunes. (laughs) I already did that. Oh yeah,
0: that's right. That was the thing that I wasn't supposed to watch this week as well. Yep. um, But yeah, that's it for now. Um, Thank you all for listening and we will see you uh, next time.